You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What's up, guys? Hope you're doing well. We are in part five, the final part of our series, Practicing Presence. It's been a really fun series. We've been walking through uh, spiritual practices that are pillars for our walk with Jesus. A couple weeks ago, Mikey talked about the practice of fasting. Uh, We've also talked about scripture, prayer, Sabbath. You can catch up all those on previous episodes of the podcast. Um, This week, we're going to be talking about community. Community isn't often talked about when we talk about spiritual disciplines. However, I would argue that it should be a part of any conversation regarding our walk with Jesus. Uh, The truth is, is that community is not easy. One person is messy enough. Like I am messy enough on my own. A group of people is a whole new level of broken. And yet there's beauty that comes from doing life in community. In fact, God has called us to do just that. We have without question been called to live in community. And we have without question been called to live for community. Another quick note is that community does not happen by accident. Uh, Just like any of the other disciplines that we've talked about, we must be intentional to find community and be intentional about maintaining healthy community. That is something that happens, is that the healthy Christ-centered community will not happen by accident. It's not something that is going to happen to us. It is something that we take part in, something that that we... um, willingly step into, but also something that we willingly participate in to help keep it healthy. So a question is, why do we need community? And the answer is simple, is that we're not created to do life alone. That from the very beginning, we were not created to do life alone. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. Now, that's usually uh, used in the context of weddings, which is amazing because it's true that God made a helper for Adam. He made a co-laborer in Eve, but it also applies to all of our other relationships as well, that our friendships, our family, all of those things, we were not created to be alone. It is not good for us to be alone. Even if you are the most introverted introvert on the planet, you need healthy community. You see, isolation was never the intention. Isolation was never the intention. It is not good for us to be alone. That God from the very beginning created us to be relational beings. A follow-up question is, what does our community need? What does our community need from us? And the answer is every bit of us and all of us. That all of us, as in every one of us, but also all of us, as in all of my being, all of your being, our community needs it. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 5. Now as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We are members of the body of Christ, and we are members of one another. The reality is is that we all have gaps in our own lives, right? We're broken, imperfect, without question. And again, community will be imperfect too, but we get the opportunity to close the gaps with what we bring. Who you are, who you have been created to be by Christ, I cannot stress this enough. God has created you to be incredibly important to the kingdom of God. You are important to the kingdom of God, to the community that you are planted in. You are important, valuable. And I already know that some of us are listening, yeah, yeah, but what about, no, stop that. That you, with all your gifts and all your gaps, with all your gifts 
and all your gaps are more valuable than you could possibly know. And it is when we start to operate in our value that we start to see the kingdom grow. It's when we start to operate in our value that we start to see healthy Christ-centered community flourish. So with that, Let's walk through some of the benefits of healthy Christ-centered community. And there, I'm going to say healthy community. I'm going to say Christ-centered community over and over and over again because it's important to recognize that unhealthy community can absolutely have negative effects on our lives. And we won't get into that, but there's the old adage, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. There's plenty of things like show me the five closest people and I'll show you what you're going to end up being. Like all of those types of things, like those things exist for a reason. We want to surround ourselves with healthy community and we want to be a part of healthy community, a part of the process of creating healthy community because that is what Jesus wants for us. So healthy Christ-centered community, what are the benefits? The first thing is this, healthy community, excuse me, big yawn there. Healthy community provides fellowship. Healthy community provides fellowship. And I know this is simple, but I want to start here for that exact reason. Having a baseline of relationship will be incredibly beneficial in so many different areas. At our core, we want to be known. We all want to be known. And healthy community will provide the opportunity to know others and be known by others. Opportunity to know others and be known by others. And being known and knowing others plays out without question emotionally and spiritually. And we'll get to that. But it's also really, really practical. Acts chapter 2 is talking about the early church. In verses 42 through 47 say they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they, they sat down, they listened to, to, to teaching together, to fellowship. They fellowshiped with one another. To the breaking of bread, sharing meals, and to praying for one another. Everyone was filled with awe and the many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and they held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all, proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. You see, sharing a meal with others, breaking bread, praying, all of those things, like these are holy moments. Sharing a meal with someone is holy. Like I know that that, that seems like it's not something that, that we would maybe deem holy on a regular basis, but sharing a meal with someone is, is intimate and it is simple, yet the divine happens in the simplicity of breaking bread with one another, praying for one another, gathering with each other. These are holy moments and they're super practical. They're just simply things that we must do. We get to see tangible needs and meet them where we can, and we get to present tangible needs and allow others to meet them too. A couple years ago, uh, one of my spiritual mentors, uh, a giant of the faith um, in my own life, Ron Todd, passed away. And uh, him and his wife have been incredibly impactful on my life. And I've talked about him. I've used him in sermon illustrations for the last couple years because um, he just was Jesus personified for me, that I wanted to be Ronnie uh, when I grew up. And I still do. And when he passed away... um, Becky had to downsize her house. They had they had to move from where they were into into town, and so they put out an ask a couple days before. And uh, man, like sixty people showed up. And I don't know if you've ever moved uh, a friend, but like ten people, you start getting in each other's way. Sixty people was wild. We got that thing. We got those trucks unloaded fast. And I remember looking around and being like, holy cow, like, look at how many people showed up to help Becky move. And uh, it was such a testament to the community that Ron and Becky had built. 
that that they've just built relationship, this healthy Christ-centered community. When they were in need, when there's a tangible need, people showed up. And I know that, that Ronnie did that throughout his entire life for me and for so many other people, and Becky did the same. See, the, the, the practicality of community is that we just show up for each other. And it was a simple moment, right? Showing up to help move furniture. That's simple, but there was holiness written all over that day. That there was something divine that was happening in the middle of that. We get to show up for each other. And that's practical, and then it is also emotional and spiritual. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, simply says, Carry one another's burdens. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. <laughs> Carry one another's burdens. The truth is, is that life is heavy. Our humanity has created a broken world that is burdensome and messy. And that's why we have each other. Every week, we have people up front on Tuesday nights to pray for people. Uh, that That's something that, that we want to have available at, at our public services. But you don't have to wait for a prayer team to get prayer. Like a community is a community. Like a healthy Christ-centered community is one where you can send a text and say, hey, this is going on. Will you please be praying for me? And a healthy Christ-centered community is also one where it's full of people who are willing to reach out and say, hey, you're on my mind. How can I be praying for you? How's life? Like that is a part of being emotionally present, spiritually present with people. That we get to practically show up when there's a tangible need. And we get to spiritually show up when there's a spiritual one. And we get to show up emotionally when there's emotional need. Like, that is a part of being in healthy community. Community is this beautiful gift. And one of the ways that it is evident is the way that it opens our eyes to the lives of other people. That our own individual experience in life is not the only experience, right? That we get to learn from our own lives, but we also get... To, li- to live and learn from other people's lives as well. When we move beyond ourselves, we start to see each other's lives and it creates this harmonious empathy for one another. You see, we, we can find unity in the ugliness and we can find beauty in, in the bonding. Like, we get to be people who in the ugly of our lives find unity because we get to say like, yeah, me too. And in the beauty of our lives, we get to find bonding. We get to say like, yeah, I love that too. Or I'm so glad that happened for you. And we get to to live lives because our stories, our stories, they matter. Your story matters. Healthy, authentic community is full of people who are willing to be vulnerable, vulnerable about where they have been, where they currently are, and where they are hoping to be. And we get to then play a part in each other's lives. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity to the one who falls without another to lift him up. Right? Like, we're going to fall. Life is going to be hard. Life is heavy, heavy and burdensome and messy and all of those different things. And when we fall... Are we going to be surrounded by people who are willing to lift us up? And when the people around us fall, are we going to be willing to step in and lift up them as well? We are in this together. We are in this together. Our stories, they matter and we get to learn. But only if we're willing to step into healthy, Christ-centered, authentic community. The next thing is this, is that healthy community provides growth. Healthy community provides growth. See, good, healthy community will love you and accept you right where you are. And good, healthy community will refuse to let you stay there. Let me say that again. Good, healthy community will love you and accept you right where you are. And good, healthy community will refuse to let you stay there. We all know that where we are today is not where we want to be forever. 
right? Community can help drive. It can be a catalyst for that growth, that we would not be people who, who are stuck where we are. Even if where we are is good, even if it's fruitful where we are, we don't want to be here forever. We want to grow and we want to learn and healthy community will help drive that. And that happens through comfortable things and really uncomfortable things. And we could spend a week on every one of these, but we're going to kind of walk through them rapid fire. But healthy community has accountability, When we surrender our lives to Jesus, we're telling him that we want to be more like him every single day. And when we go public with our faith, we're also telling those around us that we want to be more like Jesus so that we can be held accountable in our decision-making and our words that we speak and all of those different things. And one of the best ways to, to head in the direction of becoming more like Jesus is to have people that you are accountable to and that you have people who are accountable to you as well. That the being in, hear me, like you hear accountability group and you're like, okay, like what does that mean? Is it just us, us, us talking about specific sins or, or or what is it? Like what does that look like? And it, it looks different for so many different people. People, but I can tell you this is that my life completely changed when I submitted to the accountability of a group of of men that I trusted. That that what I had walked with for eighteen years of my life was done a lot in in, in a lot of isolation and in like solitary confinement of my own making. And when I stepped into a, a, an accountability group where I got to share my burdens and my struggles and all of those different things, man, it changed my life forever. I get to I got to to ask men to step in and be a part of the solution, and I got to be a part of the solution for some of the things that they were going through as well. You see, in the first, I'll say this, the first 12 weeks, 13 weeks, 14 weeks, whatever, um, man, I was so awkward because I had never shared those things. But, but through the vulnerability of other people, I was like, okay, if they're willing to say that, then I should be willing to say that too. That for months and months and months, it was so hard to put myself there. But when I got there, it changed everything. And through those relationships of accountability, a couple different things happened. One is that there was a permission to challenge that who we were as people was not cookie cutter. We didn't, we disagreed on a lot of things. We believed in Jesus. We believed that he was the son of God. We believed that he was the way, the truth and life, that he was, that he was crucified and resurrected and that he is who he said he is. And that was the baseline for our relationship. But when it came to stupid things like sports and movies and all that kind of stuff, we had different opinions. When it came to politics, we had different opinions. When it came to relationships, we had different opinions. Like there were so many different things and there was permission to challenge each other's viewpoints. And it was amazing because we learned so much. We were accountable. We, we, we never got aggressive with one another. We never told each other they were stupid or anything like that, that, that we were accountable to one another to, to make sure that we were still men of character. But we, there was permission to challenge. And there was also an invitation of confession, that every single time there was an invitation for us to lay down our burdens, lay down what we had done that week, if we had done something, ask for prayer, ask for forgiveness. And so there was an invitation to confession. And those things were coupled with this is that there was zero fear, zero fear of lost relationship and zero judgment. That no matter what somebody brought to the table, you didn't have to worry that you were going to lose your friendships. You didn't have to worry that they're going to start judging you because of what you had done. And that changed everything. It was a safe space, a refuge of accountability. And it changed my life and it changed their life as well. That we become, we came better men of God and, and eventually better husbands and better dads and whatever because we lived in accountability. Healthy community has accountability. One of the other ways that growth happens in community is conflict. And most of us don't love conflict, right? And if you do, come on a Tuesday night. There's a prayer team up front. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Ask for prayer because if you love conflict, you might need some prayer. But all of us, all of us, whether we love conflict or not, can learn from conflict without question. If we do not run from it, we can grow from it. 
We can't run from conflict and grow. But if we lean into conflict, healthy conflict, well-done conflict, we can grow from it. Healthy communities should create safe spaces for us to be upset, to disagree, to question, and to challenge. And if we can find those types of relationships within healthy community, there is no limit to what we can learn from one another. Growth also happens through forgiveness and encouragement. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, says this. It says, and be kind and compassionate with one another, forgiving one another, just as God forgave you in Christ. You see, Jesus set the example, and all we have to do is follow it, that we need to be people of forgiveness, people of encouragement. You see, if forgiveness truly indwells in our community, we can make it through anything. If, if young adults is, is marked by grace, oh man, it's going to change everything. Like We must be people who are marked by grace. And that should be evident both publicly and privately. That people would say, man, they are people of grace. When I see them in, in context of, of a public service, they are, they are grace-filled and, and they, they communicate that. But when I talk to them in private, it's the same thing, that who they are in front of people is not who they, is exactly who they are behind closed doors, right? And also that also means that in our own personal walk of grace, in our own personal walk of, of forgiveness, in our own personal walk of encouragement, all those things, that what we say to people's face should be what we think in our minds, right? That we can't be like, oh, this person's so annoying to me. Hey, I love you, bro. I love you so much. I forgive you. I'm going to hold that against you forever. Like that cannot, we cannot be two-faced people. We must be people who are marked by grace, publicly, privately, externally, and internally. And when it comes to encouragement, I can't help think of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. It says this, And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together. That's community. That's fellowship. Don't neglect to gather together. Get together with your people, with your community. Don't neglect to gather together as somewhere in the habit of doing, Paul says, or the author of Hebrews says, but, but encouraging each other encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us not miss the opportunity to grow together. Lastly, healthy community provides mission and commission. Mission and commission. We have to understand that community is a gift to us. Without question, it is a gift to us, but it's not just a gift to us. It is something that's a call. It's a mission to be a gift to the watching world. Our community should be a gift. Who we are as people should be a gift. If, if FC Young Adults ceased to exist today, would our greater community even feel it? What would they say? Would they be like, oh, I didn't even know they existed? Or would it be like, man, those people, that community, they loved well, they served well, they were full of grace, they were full of mercy. They, they, they were people who engaged and gave of themselves. They, they practiced what they preached. Like, is that what would be the mark, would be marked by those things? Or we would be just like a, a, a quickly dismissed memory. See, we have been put on mission individually and collectively. We are called to share the message of Christ, the love of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ until every ear is heard. And we have to point to the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. The 11 disciples, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee together in community, in fellowship. They traveled to Galilee to a mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him together, they worshiped him together. But some doubted, right? Because community is broken. So some people had lots of faith, some people doubted, even in the 11 disciples that were left. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Alone, that mission, that commission is not possible. If it is me, if that is me making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's impossible. I can't do that. 
but together, rooted in healthy Christ-centered community, oh, man. Oh, man, that just gets me pumped up. That what we can do together in community, in fellowship, I can't even put words to what we are capable of if our community is rooted in who Jesus is. Right? If we take the things that he has taught, taught us, if we take the things that he has shown us, and we take it to the people around us, man, this community is going to grow. It's going to get healthier. And it's still going to be messy, and it's going to be imperfect because we're human. But man, together, this community could change the world. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.